0: Hello, everybody! Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host Rob Igeram, uh, the uh, director at Token Mines, a full-service crypto and NFT agency. In this podcast, we're discussing any topic that's relevant for entrepreneurs and founders. Today, we're talking about uh, we're talking to Daniel, who's an entrepreneur and a crypto NFT investor as well, and he's also utilizing NFTs for his current business. Hi, Daniel! Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure uh let's move into the first question can you tell us a little bit how you uh, got into the crypto space
1: okay so i'm 32 years old now and like in my opinion most people that got into the crypto space early there's a bit of a, a dark story to it so i'll tell you exactly how i got into crypto and i would say there's a lot of people out there listening that have the identical story to me when i was 22 so nearly a decade ago um there was a way to buy medications on the dark web and the only means of exchange was bitcoin uh we would buy valium or or xanax or, or these medications that were heavily regulated in the country that i was even though they're legal in most countries in this country it was difficult to get them without a medical condition if you will and we would party obviously and do recreational things and at the end of the night to calm down we would need these benzodiazepines and so we would purchase these uh benzos if you will with bitcoin and back then uh i had no technical expertise how to do it and i still don't know how people onboarded but we would buy uh 10 valium for i don't know like 100 bitcoin you know so you can you can imagine how much uh wealth there was if i had kept it all all right and i've got another story about that too and how i liquidated early and you know i probably wouldn't even be here in bali right now i'd be in dubai in some palace if i kept all of my bitcoins but that's that's the origin story for me um i didn't do any of the purchasing i didn't have the technical expertise because at the time if you think about 2012-13 how to buy bitcoin sell bitcoin this is you needed to be uh like code savvy if you will um, but a friend of mine, like an IT nerd, he did that and I was just amazed at the idea that you could buy something anonymously without a third party, you know, monitoring and verifying this, right? And I thought, this is going to be something down the track, like it just has to be, you know. Uh, I had kept a, a few of them just as like a meme. We, we would keep them like the origin story of Dogecoin as a meme, was like, oh, I've got these Bitcoins and you can trade them. But there was no genuine thought that this would be worth anything one day so i kind of pocketed a few of them i won't disclose how many there were just in case people think oh my god he's got hundreds of billions of dollars because i definitely sold some (laughs) you know regrettably i did sell some but i kept them there they must have been there for i don't know two or three years and luckily i kept the seeds on a laptop which obviously you don't do anymore and i was able to to recover them when i I had first seen this first bull market. I'll never forget. Uh, I was driving home from a surf with a friend. And he's like, man, look at this Bitcoin thing. I was like, yeah, I've got a few of them. And I hadn't checked the price in God knows how long. It wasn't a popular Google search in 2014, 15. And I checked and I just remember at the time, just I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I think the price was three and a half thousand Australian dollars. And I obviously got them a lot cheaper than that and at that moment i had realized i was worth in excess of a million dollars you know so for someone that young uh being a tradesman at the time and studying it was it's like life changing right pure luck pure luck uh back then uh there were some exchanges popping up in the country that i was living in but most of the time you had to purchase these things like the old school way. You had to go to localbitcoins.com. You texted someone. You had to meet them, give them cash, and then you would trust that they'd send you the bitcoin. You know, some people would just send money to a bank account, and you'd have to trust that they would send the bitcoin. Obviously, there was a lot of scams at the time, but you know, you do your due diligence, see who's got the best reputation, and most of the time, it worked out. So that's my origin story into crypto, or at least Bitcoin.
0: Right. Yeah, I remember those days as well. It was actually, it's risky the other way around as well, where you send your Bitcoins, you sell them, and then you're getting a PayPal transaction or a bank transaction that can be reversed. So that's a bit tricky those days. Um, and tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial story as well, like from a business perspective.
1: Okay, so the crypto thing is pure luck, but that definitely plays a major role in having the initial capital. Okay, so we all have awesome business ideas, but unfortunately, there's just a required amount of capital to start most things, right? And fortunately for me, that luck in crypto play, played a large role. Not, not all, but, but obviously a large role. I started my first tattoo shop in Indonesia also in 2015. And this crypto run and my tattoo shop had coincided. Um, not just that, um, there was a guy in Australia who has passed now. R.I.P. to Ziz. Ziz was a fitness influencer. I don't know if you remember this guy. Yeah. You, you remember Ziz, see?
0: Well, I remember an after this happened, basically. Okay. This, the story, basically.
1: Wow, you see, people that are not even Australian knew who this guy was. So, before, okay, I'm gonna date back to pre-2010 or pre-Ziz era, I used to call it. If you had tattoos, you were seen as a gangster in Australia. Ziz was someone that made tattoos mainstream, okay? So when he got tattoos, he made them aesthetic and it was part of that, that bodybuilder aesthetic tanned uh, tattoo look that we see commonly everywhere in Bali now. I mean, for someone to look like me here in Bali, it's like, oh yeah, whatever, standard, normal. 10 years ago, no, That that was shocking to see someone like that. And they were typically only associated with being a gangster or being super weird. You know, you were looked at as a real weirdo. But luckily for me, I had actually been involved in tattoos in Thailand prior to this era. And I must have opened my shop at just about the right time before tattoos went nuts. Like they, they, they just went absolutely nuts. It got to the point where you would walk to a gym or, or a festival and one in two guys have, have got sleeves and tattoos. So it turned out to be... A business I, I just couldn't even keep up with to be honest with you um, so that's that's my first piece of luck the Bitcoin then the tattoo shop doing well from the initial capital from the Bitcoin and then tattoos the tattoo industry booming so a lot of luck um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs don't want to talk about luck but there is this saying that stuck with me uh, the the poor people give too much credit to luck and rich people don't give enough credit to luck there's is, is that in between there, right? And I'm, I'm aware of that. So good fortune definitely came my way as well. As well as, you can't forget this, having a family back home, okay, they're not super wealthy, but should my crazy entrepreneurial ideas go wrong, I had a beautiful home to go to, I would have been fed, I, I have no, no children, there, there was no risk. What's the worst thing that could happen to me? I go back home and all of my studies are paid for, from my father. Right. So I had that as well. Come from a really good family, upper middle class, nothing to lose basically.
0: Yeah. And um, let, let's shift to NFTs. Are, are okay. you, um, can you disclose kind of your, your collection yeah. or?
1: Yeah. Okay. So first how I got into NFTs, because there's this gap where I just did virtually nothing. Okay, so being that early into Bitcoin, 2012, 13 started, I would say, heavily allocating a portion of my profits to Bitcoin in 2017, but but nothing much more. And to be honest with you, I didn't know much about Ethereum. It's a smart contract. It can. Pro- I, to be honest with you, I would just regurgitate what everyone else said on the internet, but I couldn't thoroughly explain Ethereum. It was only around 2000 and early 2020 i would say that i just had enough money enough time that i was like okay what, what am i going to invest in here there was a few other projects that i'd allocated capital but to be honest i knew their their 10-year place so set forget there isn't a lot i can do with the spare time in my hands i'm going to just research this crypto thing i thought when i understood ethereum for the first time my mind was blown and the only thing i regret is not learning about it sooner should i have known what i knew in 2020 or should i have just read earlier i'd have invested way more in ethereum way more more than bitcoin undeniably um for me not being code native um, and understanding things from a, a social aspect when i heard about nfts it was within 10 minutes i knew that they were going to be a big thing like literally within 10 minutes i knew i had to have one
0: and, and why was that
1: okay so for me being uh, young i don't know how to say it young and rich right you go shopping to purchase certain timepieces and shoe brands drive certain cars and this increases your status points and people don't like to say it but If you do own these things and you represent that way, it does make your life a lot easier. Um, the, The problem was, is that on Instagram, you know, fake watches were getting great. Fake designer clothing was getting great and everyone could kind of fake flex and it was ruining what I would spend all this money on and not getting the same result. Whereas with NFTs, you cannot fake the flex. If you have a bored ape or a crypto punk, you cannot fake that because you may need to verify SIG on the Ethereum chain. And you might need to have that hexagon on Twitter that you can only verify by attaching your wallet to that smart contract. So that was really cool to me. I I thought for the first time ever, you cannot fake this flex. This is an undeniable flex. And the moment I, I figured that out, I was like, okay, well, what's the best one? You know, what's gonna give me the Lambo flex? And at the time, me getting into NFTs, there there really only was CryptoPunks around. There was nothing else around. Uh, I could have picked up a CryptoPunk for a few hundred dollars, but I like to arrive fashionably late. I like to see something, let it simmer, slowly read over it, and then I wait for a few other people to take that immediate risk. Um, Regrettably, if I had done that in March of 2020, I'd have... I'd have got him way cheaper. Um, but I, I think I got into CryptoPunks, which is my first NFT at a reasonable time. I think it was, was it April, April or May of 2021. And I got my first CryptoPunk. And um, I'm either super smart or super stupid because I bought more than one CryptoPunk after that time. And then the second biggest PFP project that came out that is now the biggest, the Bored Ape Yacht Club. I bought more than one of them too. And aside from a few here and there that I traded up and down, I kept most of them and I still have them. And obviously, as you know now in the market, we're down 80, 90% in in terms of US dollar value on, on those NFTs. So my net worth has taken a big, Plunge uh, within literally three months, right?
0: Yeah, let, let's talk about the, your, your board ape. because okay. you have plans for at least one of them, right? Yes,
1: yes, I do. Uh, my favorite board ape, super aesthetic, um, which is going to have to be inevitably released because it's going to serve as part of the brand of my tattoo shop. Um, there are some people utilizing board apes and the ip that you're allowed to use with them around the world there was a burger and chip shop in the states and that that kind of sparked my interest with the tattoo shop not because the burger and chip shop was awesome or doing anything with nfts it's just it's the gimmick right the fact that it's associated with his ape you have decrypt media coin desk everyone's posting about it and i think that inevitably Led to some immediate success, like it's it's a meme, like oh let's let's go to the board ape shop, you know, to be cool, and and to be honest, uh, that's a similar idea with my, my tattoo shop. At least immediately, it was just to take advantage of the brand, you know. You can't you can't uh, build a brand quick enough, but if you have a board ape, Justin Bieber's got one, DJ Khaled's got one, Jimmy Fallon, you know you have that ape on your store and your Twitter, your shop Twitter is verified. I mean, overnight, you're going to get several thousand followers. Several thousand of them are going to share it. It's going to, it's going to get known in the NFT community overnight. So you're going to see some downstream effects as far as sales at the shop immediately, just for right. holding the ape.
0: Do you think this is the future of or partial future of NFTs like utility in
1: this way? for utility nfts yes the thing is one quarrel i have about people that don't understand nfts is that when they when you think nfts you think profile pictures and then you think utility and people think that that is the way every nft should be i don't see it that way when i invested in nfts at least towards the end i diversify my nft portfolio the CryptoPunk. I hope, my wish is that Yuga Labs do nothing with it. It just becomes a blockchain relic, a piece of history that does nothing because should Yuga Labs fudge something with the Bored Apes land sales or the game, I mean that could tarnish the Bored Ape Yacht Club um, NFT project. Whereas the CryptoPunks will always be the first, they'll always have a piece of history. And so I think if you just leave it there, that, that's enough. But that is also why I did not elect one of my crypto punks as the face of my shop. I elected the Bored Apes because they're cool and hip right now, you know? Anyone that's a celebrity that wants to flex a PFP, they've got an ape. Uh, very rarely do they have punks. Sometimes they do, because punks are punks. But overall, the people that hold the best punks are D-gens, uh, tech nerds, you know? Right. OG guys from Southwest by Southwest in 07, these kind of Web2 innovators, they're the guys that have the punks, you but know?
0: Do, do you feel this is just a uh, one-time opportunity or do you see this as like a consistent thing where projects can be used as brands for, for businesses?
1: Well, uh, you know, to be announced, I guess. Um, we, obviously, I don't know. It's, it's a hard question to answer because I don't wanna to be too absolute about something and then it goes horribly wrong. I, I, I can actually see a lot of things going wrong and I could t- see a lot of things going right. So I'll give you an example of how I see things going wrong. Let's say I open up a shop and then the shop uh, becomes some sort of scam or there's something dark about it. Do I then tarnish the Bordet brand? You know, I'm, I'm holding a lot of weight here, so, but there's 10,000 of them. So myself, I have to worry about the other 9,999 people that might do the same thing. What happens if one of those guys that's super popular ends up being some convicted child pedophile or something? Does that tarnish the brand? Do you you see what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm concerned about that for sure. I hope it doesn't happen. But when you do not have a centralized project, you don't have Mark Zuckerberg's vision. You've got many visions and you just have to hope that you agree with them all right and i'm just not sure about that to be honest
0: you you could potentially then like change your brand by getting another nft or something like that um but but let's shift to the the tattoo uh, shop and how do you see the relation between tattoos and nfts do you see any connection there
1: yeah um not specific to tattoos but let's say you have any retail business clothing tattoos you're selling a service There's always a use case for NFTs. The first thing is having the board eight is attracting NFT culture. So if there is someone that comes to Bali that is NFT or crypto savvy, the chances of someone coming to my shop purely because I'm into crypto and NFTs and having that tribalism and that community is high, you know, and we do have a huge crypto culture here in Indonesia. So I'm I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. People might come to my shop instead of shop B and C, purely because of me having the eight. Now, it would be it wouldn't be right if I didn't have an NFT play too. Okay. So you could simply give everyone that gets a tattoo an NFT. Simply give them a community pass NFT. Um, I'm more I'm very cautious about making promises because then who knows what happens down the line of making promises and not fulfilling them. But just giving a community NFT and say access into a group where you can have a conversation or a meet and greet and just wing it from there, if you will. So that's one way of doing it. Everyone that gets a tattoo gets an NFT and you can send them out anything. So for example, it's like a emailing list, but without having that third party MailChimp in between going, You can say this you can say that but you can't say this i don't have to worry about that if you have nfts and i want to airdrop everyone a 10 um discount on it on the next tattoo i can i can go boom airdrop it to everyone if i want to airdrop to everyone a ticket to some event in bali that i'm sponsoring i can do that and i can also allocate different nfts depending on the size of the tattoo so if i have a repeat customer who connects his wallet and is getting two or three large pieces from me, well, maybe he gets the premium NFT and he gets a reward from that. There's so many ways of going about it that we'd have to be here for for hours in terms of the ways that I might utilize it. But I definitely will be having an NFT play. I'm not certain and I almost never want to be certain aside from a few things because One thing I've seen in projects that are getting founders into um, some some places they don't want to be is that they're promising the world and they're not delivering. And the SEC and other regulatory bodies, they're onto this. These are scams. These are scams, whether they're intentional or not. You can't tell someone I'm going to do this and not do it. You can't do that.
0: So so it's your, your play initially is more on, on the loyalty side. Yes. And but also because you're in tattoos like art, do you see anything on the art side as well where you can do something?
1: Yeah, so as me and you discussed in person at the resort, um you can have your and your your tattoo in the metaverse, if you will. Okay. The technology isn't quite there, but let's say I have this sleeve. Well, I could then also give you a 3D version of that sleeve to wear on your avatar in the, in the metaverse, okay? That's something down the track. I think that's an obvious play. Um, you suggested it, I was thinking it, my brother is already onto it, uh, but we just don't have the, the technology to be able to make that a thing right now. I mean, I can give someone a 3D um, image of their NFT, but how that translates into what metaverse, it, it can't be done yet.
0: Right, yeah. Well, I guess at the moment you could have it in a kind of 2D version and then you can use it at your profile pic. That's yeah. technically possible, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, It's um, that's an idea. But then I think to myself, people that are representing with profile pics now, there are so many options. Does someone really want to represent a PFP with their new tattoo? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's something that I'll see. I'll see from customer feedback and you know suggestions like yourself. And then I, I find that I'll listen, I'll listen, I'll listen, and something will be repeated enough from enough people. Yeah. And I have that kind of... Um, market research and I think hey this is the one let's let's focus on this one but for now I think just providing an NFT for everyone that gets a tattoo different level tiers and then just having that wallet address from someone for for my benefit and for theirs, for mine because I can send them promotional information and for theirs because they get free airdrops and every now and then free airdrops become worth a lot of money one day just like the airdrops I've had
0: and and the airdrop is a, a new token or, or what are you gonna airdrop? Or an, another
1: NFT or? Yeah, you'd be you'd be giving them an NFT. Um, I'm not sure what token type that would be. I don't wanna get into semantics of what's a NFT versus a semi NFT as they call them, a semi fungible token. But yeah, a, a new NFT on a new contract.
0: Right. Um, and what do you think for for let's say for other businesses entrepreneurs if they want to move into or they have an existing uh, business and they want to utilize nfts and crypto for their business what could you advise them
1: okay well load of question because even myself i'm trying this out for the first time right and it's more in the brainstorm stage still i haven't launched my shop so i'm rebranding from an old franchise so I'm still in the brainstorm stage. I don't have anything concrete. I just know that the play's there. For example, uh, when, when Facebook came out, it was just, you're gonna need to have some exposure on Facebook. You know, Businesses that were early enough knew that. They didn't quite know exactly how they were gonna do it, and it transformed over time into what ads are best and, and do the best, but they knew they had to be there. And I know I just have to be there. So the first thing I would say is, you're gonna need a play. You're going to need an NFT play, just like TikTok. You, you need a TikTok play. And people just kept saying, nah, 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 it's for kids, it's for kids. And now everyone knows if you're not on TikTok, you're not doing it right. And soon it's going to be, if you don't have an NFT play, you're not doing it right. And it's, that's, that's the first thing I could say. The second thing I would say is, uh, going backward, don't promise the world on things that you might not be able to deliver. Whether that be intentional or unintentional, you don't wanna be swamped with business or get sick and then all of these people that have paid a premium for your NFT are like, hey, we're waiting on this date. You said this on the roadmap. Where's our where's our benefit? Where's our reward? And that could that could end up um, company owners in like legal strife too. Right. So that would be my, my two things. Thirdly, just just be aware if you wanna be that early into something. Um, the upsides there but the downsides there too so if it doesn't go right you could tarnish your whole business model so maybe stay on instagram and TikTok until someone else has done something you can replicate Uh, the reason i want to be early is because at this point in my like vc career i'm just kind of bored i'm just let's try this you know if my shop doesn't go well it doesn't affect my life you know it's something that i can definitely lose it's experimental for me but if you that's your only business and it's doing well please do not reinvent the wheel because there are so many things that could go wrong
0: right all right well appreciate daniel thank you so much uh i'm sure we might have questions from our listeners and viewers so maybe who knows we can uh, ever do a part two if needed (laughs) and um yeah see you all next time